1 Corinthians chapter number 2. We're going to start reading in verse number 12. A few verses tonight. Let's begin reading. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We're going to continue reading chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy, envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For the next few moments, we'll look at these verses in this passage. I love I love going shopping. You may be surprised because I am a male and I like going shopping. But I like going to places like Coconut Point, Mercado, Miramar Outlets, all of those places. And from time to time, there's a specific store that I want to find. And of course, it takes me about 30 minutes to try to find one of those kiosks that tells you where all the stores are listed. And then after finding it, the most difficult thing about not, not finding the store where you need to go, but is finding that little person on there that has the thing right next to it that says, you are here. It's extremely difficult finding that little person. But if you don't know where you're at, your chances of getting where you want to go are very slim. I like going shopping, but I also, I, I like working out. And I have started a lot of workout programs. I'm going to emphasize on, I have started a lot of workout programs. I didn't say I finished, but I started. Uh, many of you, I think, could probably sympathize with me. And you, some people say, Chris, why do you need to work out? Look how skinny you are. That's true. Me and Merrick Feroz, we have the same problem. We both, when we turn sideways, we disappear. It's true. So, you know, we're vain. We want to, men, we want to look like the Hulk or something like that. And so, but, but I've started a lot of workout routines. And I, I've realized that the first day you go and work out, it's just a complete learning curve. It's figuring out what you need to work on. You go and you... Uh, you take some weights and you slap them on there. You're going to do it. You find out very quickly that you can't do it. So then you, you keep taking more weight off, more weight off, more weight off, until you finally can do something. And so you say, okay, I can lift about 25 pounds, and you put that on there. And you do that. You spend the whole entire day finding out where you are and what you need to work on. And so tonight, that is what this sermon is about. It's about finding out where you are. It's finding out what you need to work on and what I need to work on and really finding out who you are. As we read in this passage already, there are three groups of people that are mentioned. Now I'm going to do something that you're not really supposed to do as a preacher. I'm going to tell you my entire outline right here up front. And so you know it. That doesn't mean that you just, I, I wouldn't recommend just writing it down and daydreaming the rest of the time. But I'm going to give it to you. And because I'm going to, in a moment, I'm asking us to pray and ask God really to show us tonight which one of these people we are. And so tonight, the three groups of people that Paul mentions to the Corinthian church here, they are the natural man, the spiritual man, 
and the carnal man. Each one of us that is in this room tonight is one of these people. And hopefully, by the grace of God, we'll find out tonight which one we are. Let's go to, let's go to God and pray. But as I pray, I, I challenge you not to just listen along with me. I challenge you to actually go to God just very briefly and ask him to come to you tonight and show you which one of these three groups of people you may be. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful and we're so privileged to be in your house tonight. Thank you uh, for the men and women that sacrificed greatly so we, we could have freedoms like this tonight, to be, open, to be able to open up the word of God and proclaim truth from it. We ask tonight that you would show us which one of these three people we are. Are we the natural person? Are we the spiritual person? Or are we the carnal person? My desire tonight is to point people to you. May I be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. For 18 months, Paul, the apostle, had led people to Jesus in Corinth. He had baptized them. He established a church, and he had discipled new converts. One or two years later, Paul hears back after leaving that these people had fallen back into sin. He hears that the people that were saved out of the world have now allowed the world to be resurrected in their body of believers, and some major problems are present in the church. Just so you have an idea of what's going on in this body of believers in the city of Corinth, here's a few things that they were guilty of. Divisions, immorality, fornication, covetousness, extortion, idolatry, drunkenness, lawsuits between believers, and of course pride, many others, but those are just a few to list. While Paul is writing this harsh disciplinary letter, in chapters 2 and the first part of chapter 3, we see the three groups of people that we just mentioned. The natural, the spiritual, and the carnal. Paul, of course, he doesn't begin with the spiritual, uh, and, um, but we're going to actually save that one. We're going to start with the natural one first, and then we'll go back and look at it. So the first person I'd like to look at is the natural man. Verse number 14, if you could find it there again. It says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. America, it seems like maybe in the last few years, has been overtaken, a vast majority of Americans has been overtaken with natural products, all natural things. And we have things like essential oils. We don't need medicine anymore, am I right? We have essential oils. We put in that little vaporizer or whatever it is. Women, you know what I'm talking about. And just this all natural products, of course, things like all natural uh, shampoos and um, vitamins, minerals, and supposedly they are healthier for you, which I would doubt. I would probably say, yes, you're probably right, they are. And people are drawn to them because they are not contaminated with any sort of chemicals or there's nothing added to them and nothing that is taken away. They are in their natural state. In the case of food, water, medicines, natural may be good, but in this case, in this passage, when Paul refers to the natural man, it is not the one to be desired. The natural man is just what you would expect. He is natural. He is unchanged. He is still in his sinful state. He has been untouched by the Spirit of God. The natural man is the person who is still dead in their trespasses and sins. He's the person who has never repented of their sins and placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ to forgive him of their sins. Every person that has ever been born, besides Adam and Eve, have been natural men and women. The Bible says in Romans 5.12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have 
sin. Because of sin, the natural man is led by his human instinct and not by the Spirit of God. That's why the Bible says in verse number 14, it says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. He cannot experience, he cannot receive the things that the Spirit of God has to offer. Unsaved natural people, they can walk through the doors of Gospel Baptist Church. They can shake hands just like you shake hands. They can come and they can sit in the pews. They can take their hymnals and open it up. They can even pull out one of those red Bibles um, underneath the seat. They can open it up and hear preaching from the Word of God, but they cannot receive the same things that you and I receive because they are in their natural state and their spirit has not been quickened. It's impossible for them to experience the things of the Spirit of God. I almost, I feel bad for the things that the world is missing out. They are missing out on the good things that God has to offer. They miss out on things like the comfort that we have. Thank the Lord for the comforter. You ain't got a friend in the world. Hey, you've got the comforter. The world doesn't know what that's about. They try to just get as much friends and as many people around them as they possibly can, that that's what they're clinging to for some, for some sort of uh, self-worth. Man, we do not have to worry about that. We have the comforter. Jesus said, hey, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send him to be with you. They also, hey, they do not experience the love that Jesus has to offer. You may not be loved by anybody else, but you are loved by Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. True love. They do not experience joy. They can't have it. They do not have satisfaction. They're always trying to go to the next best thing. They're always just trying to live for the weekend. They have no purpose in their life. They don't understand peace because they are not living the way God intended them to live, which is, of course, to bring honor and glory to Almighty God. They are living after their own flesh, after their, after their own lusts, and after their own desires. The natural man, he does not receive the things of the Spirit of God because, the Bible says, they are foolishness unto him. He can't receive them because they are foolishness. Now, one of the most discouraging things for children's workers, for bus workers, for Sunday school teachers, uh, for youth workers, uh, I would even say, I guess I could say for adults as well, the most discouraging thing uh, that, that I've seen, that I've run into while being in the ministry here at Gospel is you finally get young people to come. You finally get them to show up. You finally get them to ride your bus route or join your Sunday school class. And they're there for a little while, and soon enough they start fading off the scene. You still go by just like you used to, and you go by and you visit them. You pick up the phone and you call them, or you send them a text, try to encourage them to come. You try to share the things with God with, uh, with them, but it seems like many times they just slip off and fall away. They never really say why they're not showing up, why they're not coming back. And I have many bus captains and, of course, Sunday school teachers who ask me, man, I feel like I'm losing this kid. What do I do? And sometimes many bus workers and Sunday school teachers and sometimes even myself were almost surprised as, man, why do these young people not want to come? It's because many times they are natural. We're trying to really make them something that they're not. They're the natural person. They do not have the Spirit of God living inside them. So when they come to our Sunday school class, they come on our bus route. Man, Mr. Joe, he does some good magic magic tricks. He does good. They do a great bus program. 
And, you know, to me, it's, man, why would you not want to be a part of the things that we've got going on? Why would you not? But it's because they're natural. They come and they sit in this church. Many teenagers come from time to time, and we've seen them come, and we've seen them go, and they rotate out. And we're like, what in the world has happened to them? That's because they're not part of the program that we are. They don't get out of the service what we get. I love coming to church. I'm thrilled by it. I look forward to it. But many times, people, of course, if they are not believers, they do not experience that, and they do not even, it doesn't do anything for them. It's not that it just doesn't do anything for them. They say that they can't receive the things of the Spirit of God because they are foolishness. Literally, they think, what we are doing here is foolish. Why would somebody spend any of their time coming to a church service Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night? Why would anybody spend their time opening up this book here that's just some ancient old book that to them isn't practical or isn't real? It's foolishness, and they cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. And it actually goes further than that. Not only do they not receive them, but they also, they cannot even know them. We see in the last part of verse number 14, neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. Just this last week, Pastor Moon and I, we were working on some, uh, making a DVD for the past services for Sunday morning and for Sunday night. And we switched up, because of the new sound equipment, we had to switch up our routine of the way we do it. And of course, a few people order DVDs. So we were trying to make some DVDs and we edited the whole sermons out and we took them and we put them on CDs and we thought we did it the right way. We put it in our computer and, and it burned onto the DVD. And of course, it played on our computers. And so I said, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to go and I'm going to try to see if it'll play on the DVD player that is in the nursery. So, of course, I go into the nursery and I turn on the DVD player and I stick it in there and push it in, ready for our sermon to come up. And, of course, to no avail, it does not come up. All I get is a big error. It says, playback feature may not be compatible on this device, something along those lines. And so I think, okay, well, maybe I just didn't do it right. So I went back, did a, took a different DVD, put it in there, tried to reload the whole thing again, burn it onto the DVD, took it back over, nothing. Three, four, five times. I mean, probably an hour, hour and a half worth of work coming back and forth from the office to the DVD player trying to figure out what was wrong. I even went in there and I would close my eyes because I didn't want to see the error and I was just hoping it would start hearing like that would work, would make a difference. But I could not get it to work until I went back and switched a setting that, was, that I had on my computer so that the DVD player could read it. The DVD player in the, in the um, nursery was incapable. It did not have the equipment to be able to play that DVD. My Mac computer, which is a whole lot newer than that, was totally fine and totally able to do it. But a lot of natu natural people, unsaved people, they do not have the same equipment that you and I have. They do not have the Holy Spirit of God inside them. And because they, because they don't have the Holy Spirit of God inside them, they don't have the proper equipment. They are not able to receive the things of God because of their foolishness, and they're not even able to know them. 
we've seen the natural man who's driven by his fleshly instincts and his fleshly lusts, by the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now we're going to move on and we're going to transition now to the spiritual man. Verse number 12, if we go back and look at that, the Bible says, Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that, have, that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. We're going to jump to verse 15. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The spiritual man is somebody who has been saved. They have received what the Bible calls the adoption of sons. Galatians 4, 4 says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. The spiritual man has had their spirit quickened. Ephesians says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sins. If you have your Bibles, you're more than welcome to turn there to John chapter number 3. Of course, we know in John chapter 3, it's the most famous uh, chapter, really the most famous verse in all the Bible. And we see Jesus talking to a man by the name of Nicodemus about this very topic, about being um, a spiritual man, having a spiritual birth. We see here in the first part, of course, we know that Nicodemus goes and he meets with Jesus at night, probably, because he didn't want people knowing that he was meeting with Jesus. We're not exactly sure. But he goes and he simply says to Jesus, he says, Rabbi, I know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that, um, that thou doest, except God be with him. He was enthralled with the fact um, of the miracles and the different things that Jesus could do. And he knew that this man, that Jesus was of God, but he didn't really know what, what his whole purpose was and his whole um, his whole uh, uh, purpose was in, in coming to the earth. And Jesus says in verse number three, he answered and said, Verily, verily, which simply means again, again, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He says you must be born again. Now, of course, we use that term often. I think Baptists of all people use that a lot. Hey, have you been born again? To us spiritual people, we know and we understand what that means. But Nicodemus, he had the response of a natural man. He goes in the next verse, and Nicodemus, he saith unto him, he says, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? He had the most foolish, most ridiculous question. Definitely a response of a natural man. He says, How is it possible for me, being a grown man, to go back inside the womb of my mother and be born again? And Jesus, he responds and he says, verily, verily, again, again, he says, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He says, not only must you have a physical birth, which we have all had, he says, you must also have a spiritual birth because when Adam sinned in the garden, we already read in Romans that as Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We are all sinners. Our spirit was dead. And he says, we not only need a spiritual birth, uh, I'm sorry, a physical birth, but we need a spiritual birth in order to enter into the kingdom of God. He doesn't just say that we need 
a spiritual birth, but actually Jesus, he goes on and describes how it is possible. Jump down to verse number 15 if you're looking there, um, 14, I'm sorry, in your Bible. Now, Jesus, he refers back to a, he refers back to a story that happened in the book of Numbers chapter 21. He refers back to the story of Moses. When the children of Israel, they were wandering around in the wilderness and In this particular instance, the children of Israel, they were upset. They were upset at God. They were upset at Moses. They were bothered by the fact that Moses was taking them on a very difficult way, a difficult journey. There was no food. There was no water to be available. And they murmured against Moses. And because of their murmurings, God sent these fiery serpents, these poisonous serpents, you guys know I don't like snakes. Man, that must have been bad. These fiery serpents into the camp of the Israelites, and of course, many of the people were bitten. Many of them actually died because of it. Of course, the people, as soon as God's judgment came upon them, they immediately went back, oh, Moses, we've sinned against God and we've sinned against you. Please, please, you know, take this away from us. Please help us. And of course, Moses goes to God. He goes to God and God tells Moses, I want you to build a serpent, like a statue almost. So Moses, he builds a bronze serpent made out of uh, metal and he puts it on a pole and he lifts it up into the air. And the command was for anybody who wanted to be healed of this poison that was in their body, anybody who wanted to be saved from certain death, all they had to do was look to that bronze serpent that was lifted up and they would be saved. You may say, well, that's kind of a foolish request. It may be a foolish request, but it's the way that God planned and God had. He relates this story to Nicodemus, and he says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He was letting Nicodemus in on something. He was telling Nicodemus that just as Moses lifted up that serpent, hey, I am going to have to be lifted up. Of course, we know Jesus was lifted up on a cross. And just like in Numbers chapter 21, where the people who had this disease, who had this poison in their body, this sickness, they had to look to the serpent to be saved. We, in simple faith, now in the 21st century, we go and we look to Jesus in simple faith for him to save us. That is exactly how we have the spiritual birth. We are dead in our trespasses and sin on our way to a devil's hell. But if we look in simple faith to Jesus, and what he did on, on the cross for us, the, Jesus, he goes on and says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The most famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We know tonight that we don't only need a spiritual birth, but we also know how we can have it through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The spiritual man is someone who has looked to Jesus for faith, for salvation. However, just being saved does not automatically classify somebody as being a spiritual man. Yes, they do have the Spirit of God that is living inside them, but that does not automatically classify them that they are a spiritual uh, person. Um, A spiritual person is a child of God who lives spiritually, who is guided by the Holy Spirit of God. There are a whole lot of people saved, but there are not a whole lot of people that are living by the leading of the Spirit. The Bible says, um, 
In verse number 15, he says, But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. The spiritual man, he has discernment. We live in a world today that has no discernment. I don't like watching the news, not just because I'm young. (laughs) Young people don't really watch the news too much, but not just because I'm young, because it's discouraging. It doesn't lift my spirits up. I look out and I see the things that America, for instance, is doing. And you think, what in the world is wrong with these people? Why would they make some of the decisions that they're making? And I'm not talking about things such as taxes and this and that and silly laws here or there. I'm talking about moral decisions of right and wrong. Homosexual marriage transgenderism the most ridiculous thing we as believers we see all that and we immediately see the problems that are with it because we look at it through the lens of God's word because we can receive the things of the spirit of God and we can know the things of the spirit of God we look at those things and it's easy for us to discern what is right and wrong because we have the Holy Spirit of God inside us. But there's a whole group of people that are out there, a whole group of natural people that are walking around in darkness. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. The devil is out trying to blind people, but we have the word of God. We have the spirit of God. We have the truth. The spiritual man not only discerns all things, but you know what? He isn't bothered by the judgment of the world. It says for... um, But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Paul says in 2 Timothy, For I know whom I have believed in, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. We can look out into the world and easily judge what is right and what is wrong. In the unsaved world, they try to look into the church of the living God, and they try to pick apart this and that. And what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, according to their philosophy and the wisdom of the world. But you know what? Us who are children of God, we aren't bothered by that. Or at least we shouldn't be bothered by that if we are spiritual people. Because we know that there is nothing between us and the Savior. At least there shouldn't be. And we also know that we are doing the right thing. I have no problem with going down to a big campus like FGCU, holding up the Word of God and saying... Christ died for your sins. They may laugh. They may scoff. They may get thousands of people out there who may start chanting and raving and trying to convince convince me of that my belief in this God is not real. But every single one of us who is a believer, who is a child of God, who has the Holy Spirit living inside of us, knows what Jesus has done for us. And no man can convince us otherwise. We are judged of no man. Lastly, we see, hey, he, is, he has the mind of Christ. Verse number 16, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Paul by no means is saying that we know everything that God does. By the way, his ways are not our ways. But what he is saying is now that our spirits have been quickened and we have this relationship with God that was broken, back in the garden, 
we are now able to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and we are able to view things the way Christ viewed them. We are now, consequently, we are able to act like Jesus acted. We are able to think like he thought and we are able to feel the way he, the way he felt. We see the natural man, an unsaved, unregenerate man. We see the spiritual man who has had, um, who has had his spirit quickened and who is following the leading of the Spirit. And the last one that we're going to look at tonight is the carnal man. Verse number one of chapter three, and it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. He says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife, and division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? The carnal man has some similarities with the spiritual man. Both, at one time or another, realized that they were sinners. They realized that they were on their way to a devil's hell, and the only way that they were going to have, was going to have salvation is through Jesus Christ and looking to him for salvation. But the difference between the spiritual man and the carnal man is that the spiritual man is following the leading of the Holy Spirit, and the carnal man has reverted back to his old nature and is now living in the lust of the flesh. He's driven by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The carnal, in the Greek, it simply means fleshly. Fleshly. Simply put, the carnal man is not growing. You may not believe this, but I do not mind changing Mason, my son's diapers. I do not mind that. It doesn't bother me too much. Occasionally, I'll say, Heather, will you please do it? Occasionally, you know, I'll do that. And I think she could probably testify of that. But 20 years from now, I'm not going to be changing Mason's diapers. I ain't going to do it. Not going to happen. He should have grown out of, he should grow out of it by then. He should grow out of me having to hold his hand when he's walking upstairs. He should grow out of running up to me and saying, horsey, horsey, and trying to ride on my back. He should grow out of that. Hey, he should grow out when he wants a drink. He says, uh, wadi, uh, wadi drink. That's what he says. He should grow out of that. I hope when he's not 26 years old, my age, that he is still saying, wadi drink, when he wants something to drink. It's foolish. It's silly but he should grow. He should mature. Those things that he's doing now, yes, they're appropriate now because he is a child. He is a babe in Christ, but eventually he is going to grow out of it. And I don't think anybody here at Gospel Baptist Church expects a new believer to automatically be exactly where they're supposed to be, that they're automatically listening to the right kind of music, that they're automatically talking the way that they should talk, that they've automatically given up all those bad and evil habits that they've done Obviously, we do not expect that. But someone who has been saved for a while, who has been discipled, who knows the word of God, ought to be over many of those things. He, Paul hears back to this church that he had invested in for 18 months, and he finds out that they've reverted back to their old habits, their old way of life. The Corinthian way of living is now the way that the church of God is operating. It ought not to be so. They haven't grown. What about you? 
many people have invested in you. Somebody shared the gospel with you. Somebody discipled you, maybe not formally, but they did. People have helped me along through counseling, day-to-day counseling, not maybe sitting in a room opening up the Bible and saying this is what it is. Many people have invested in me. Preachers over the years have stood behind a pulpit and have preached the word of God to me and have invested in me. Just like Paul had invested in these people. Now thinking about the person who led you to the Lord or thinking about the person who discipled you, imagine if they could see your life right now, what would they think? Would they be disappointed like Paul was here? when he hears back from the house of Chloe that these people are back to the old way of living. By the way, I'm not talking about since you got saved, you put on a suit and you got a nice tie and a nice little pocket pocket square and you got shiny shoes, or that you show up to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's not what I'm talking about because that's what these people were doing. They were living like the world, but they were showing up to church. They had ministries. Hey, they were doing their Sunday school. They were singing in the choir. They were doing special music. They were preaching behind the pulpit, but they were living like the world. If the people who invested in your life and in my life could look back at us right now and not see the way we looked outwardly, but could see the spiritual progress that we have made, would they be happy that we have matured? Or would they say that we are carnal, living like the world? We see that the carnal person behaves like a child. It says in verse number three, For ye ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, strife, divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? They were selfish. There was envying. They wanted it to be all about them. They were fighting. Little kids like to fight. They bicker between one another, and they also, they had divisions. They had little cliques, us four, no more. I like my group. I don't want you to be a part of my group. I don't want you to come out to eat with us. I don't want you to go door to door with me. I don't want to be a part of your bus route. I don't want to be your partner witnessing, things like that, little cliques. Paul tells the carnal believers, he, has, he says, I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet are Ye now. They were not able to handle the substantial things of the Word of God. They should have been, but because of lack of growth and going back to their old lifestyle of being driven by the old man, they weren't able to handle it. Paul wanted to be able to share much more with these Christians, but he wasn't able to because of their lack of growth. My one last thing I'll leave you with, and we'll be done. In our youth group on Wednesday nights, we've been having about 30 teens come on Wednesday nights, and And right now, there's kind of slightly a shift. There's been a slight shift in church kids to now we have a lot of, I would say, bus kids or maybe even school kids from our school that show up. This is the majority. And I would say, if I could lump some of them up into one of these categories, I would say that the majority of the teenagers that show up on Wednesday night, they would be classified as carnal. I think many of them are saved, but I think they're not living, living with the leading of the Holy Spirit in their life. They're following after the lust of the flesh. Now, each Wednesday night, we have a fun activity. It's more of an evangelistic time on Wednesday night. But we have some sort of a fun activity. And the kids have seemed to 
like to come out and they like to do it. We, we have a game, kind of like Awana does, where you have a few activities and it kind of excites the kids to show up. Because if I was to just bring them to church, just, just have them at church here and open up the Word of God and share some things with them, they wouldn't show up. They wouldn't show. They got to come for something else. And that's okay because a lot of them are new believers and they're young in the faith. That's okay. So right now the game that we do is like me taking a little spoon with my new baby that's on the way. And when he's born and I'm taking that spoon and he doesn't want to eat this food that I'm giving him. So I take that spoon and I, I start making noises, you know. I start making noises and I start doing the, the airplane, trying to get him to open his mouth, or the choo-choo, and trying to get him to open his mouth. And of course, while I'm trying to get him to open his mouth, I'm sitting here looking like a fool, opening my mouth. You guys know what I'm talking about. But I'm sitting here and I'm trying to get him to open his mouth so I can shove that nutritious thing in his mouth. Right now where we are with many of our teenagers is we have this game, we have this activity, which is a fun time to get them to come out and they have a good time. And then we share the word of God and we preach to them for 25, 30 minutes and we sing some songs of the faith and we shove some nutrition in them. But you know what? Five years from now, 10 years from now, those same young people that I have in, that are teenagers that are having to be fed with a spoon should be able to feed themselves. They should be able to come and sit in the house of God here just like you and be able to listen to the preaching of the word of God and have their life changed. It should not be a bunch of superficial things that have to be done in order for them to get the nutrition that they need. And what about you tonight? Do you need the fluff of Gospel Baptist Church to get you here? Do you need the programs and the special events and the special things that we put on? Do you need the coffee and donuts to get you to show up on Wednesday night? Hey, or are you here for something more? Tonight, the three people we've looked at are the natural man, the spiritual man, and the carnal man. Which one are you? Let's pray. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.